And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And tame, and tame again. Crank up the music! Charge a glass! This nation is going to dance all night! The Sunday League staple of its still nil-nil lads reaches the Premier League. A new world record for mid-game silence following a co-commentator's one-liner. Crosses coming in with sprinkles on them. Unexpected celebrities offering their takes on hot football topics. The legally mandated contents of Antonio Conte's in-tray and some people taking Jeff Stelling's impending Soccer Saturday exit far, far too seriously. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 108 of the Football Clichés podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all is David Walker. How's it going? Very well, very well. I returned from a a week off uh, this morning to the office and I was... Uh, sound, my journey in was soundtracked by the, the what is it? The should have played the Sam Allardyce's Bolton eleven, but never did eleven. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> did it get your seal of approval? In, it, in it, it, it got my seal of approval, and I do think you recognise this whilst recording. I do think it needed just a just a smattering more Britishness. I did like Nick's uh, uh, Nick's shout for David Batty in midfield. I thought that was unfairly thirty-six year old over. immobile David Batty, but you know. Each to their own. Each I I, own. I would I potentially would have would have gone for a uh, up front. I would have gone for a shout of a big dunk, ending his career at the Reebok with with oh. Sam Allardyce. Yeah, no, I do like that. I do like that actually. Yeah, I feel like they would have got on quite well. Um, alongside you for this one, it's uh, James Moore. How's it going? Um, how is your post Nuno world? Oh, yeah, I'm really just trying to come to terms with it. It's all been such a whirlwind, Adam, and you know the way these things are. <laughs> I certainly do. <laughs> no, 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 I really couldn't care less. Um, can I give you two players for that team as well while we're here? Yeah, sure, why not? By the way, I think both of these we're definitely getting. I'd be interested to hear what you think. One in goal, Peggy Arfexab. Superb. No complaints. He, he even fits your tracksuit bottoms. Mm, I know, remit. that was a nice little bonus, yeah. Agreed. Uh, and two on the wing, Dennis Romadar. Okay, keeping mm. up the Danish quota. Sort of like a jo- yeah, exactly. Scandi, jobbing mm. Premier League player. You know, a, a decent player. I think he'd do quite well there. Yeah. Yeah, traditional would, sort of chalk on the boots winger would combine really well with um, with uh, Thomas Helveg, of course. The That's true, yeah. Much heralded Great Thomas Helveg. Anyway, this isn't last week. This is this week, and uh, I want to kick off James. First thing to put to you: a phrase that we have established already has been creeping into English football, and it's claimed another victim. Uh, this was Dean Smith talking before 
Aston Villa's woeful display at home to West Ham. I think the team on the pitch will give a better indication of how we want to play. If you compete for headers, compete for tackles. If you do that, then tactics come into it later. We've got to get back to basics. We're playing against a team in a really good moment. And we have to match the intensity they play. It's claimed Dean Smith. He's now an in a good momenter. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say he's quite a sort of meat and potatoes manager, but he is he is a very English manager in terms of his kind of approach to media and whatever. Mm. Yeah, that, that does seem... It does seem a bit odd, doesn't it? Yeah. I, 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 it's gone up a level. I mean, also, are West Ham in a good moment? I kind of feel like, how, yeah. how long do you define a moment? No, but West what? Ham have been good for like over a year now. Yeah, Surely I mean, that's you, more than a moment. You could definitely interpret that in in two ways. You could, you could It could be their current form or, you know, their current feel-good factor around the London Stadium kind of level. But, uh, but worrying scenes, I think we can all agree. But Dave, uh, that wasn't the only crossing over of geographical football cliches. A nice Sunday league staple. Uh, was displayed by Jorginho of Chelsea this weekend. The mentality we are creating is to win because this club is the winner. When it's 2-0, we have to want to score more goals. Because if you stop, you are disrespecting the opponent. Work the same way as if you were 0-0. Zero zero. <laughs> it's still nil-nil! It's still nil-nil! Do you think oh, the next time I play on Sundays, I should do that if we, if we go up? Lads, work the same way if it's still 0-0. Zero zero. Yeah, validated at the very top level. I, I hadn't heard any variant of it's still nil nil at the top level I mean obviously you wouldn't hear it during a game but you know you might hear it up picked up by a pitch side mic but um this is great and you know another validation for the Sunday league vernacular Dave yeah very good well the thing that's the thing you know we obviously can't hear the players I don't know if, if any reporters during lockdown would have heard uh, any of the Premier League players saying come on still nil nil could I mean could it, very it well goes, do it it goes hand in hand James with the sort of tapping at the temple of saying, you know, keep our heads, this isn't over yet, don't don't let it slip. So it's probably not a massive stretch that a Premier League player would shout it, but I really hope they do. Yeah, I mean, I think, I suspect Premier League players probably have more uh, kind of training in terms of like game management and whatever, of, and whatever than, uh, with all due respect, Dave does. Yes. So I suspect that's probably the difference. <laughs> Yes. Just on um, just on the Dean Smith thing before we move on, um, I, I caught myself earlier this year uh, in in conversation talking about um, talking about a friend of mine who was experiencing a bit of personal uh, turmoil, um, as you do, uh, and I found myself saying to another friend, "Yeah, he's in a bit of a bad moment." No, God, what did they say? <laughs> who are you? I think they got it. They're a football fan, so they sort of yeah. just nodded along. Yeah, right, yeah right. and I was like, "Oh, that's, does that work?" Kind of works. Well, well, I mean, actually, that's that's quite good because um, you know, between football fans, you know, of a fairly broad base of intellect, I feel like that's that's a perfectly understood phrase. But everyone will understand what you mean. It's a kind of a medium-term scenario. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's not the last few days. It's It'll be okay. Not the last few years. It's the last just... few months. Just having a yeah. bit of a tough time. Yeah, fine. I'm all for it. I just, um, I'm just troubled by its trajectory, that's all. Um, let's get on with the adjudication panel business. Dave, you may recall a very recent episode we picked up on uh, Jamie Carragher evoking the spirit of disgraced Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson when talking about West Ham fullback Ben Johnson. Uh, well, here's Ben Johnson shares his name with disgraced Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson Part 2 featuring Sky's Rob Hawthorne. Well, you might say Ben Johnson quickly out of the blocks. Hopefully unaided, like his uh, Canadian counterpart. <laughs> Wait, still going. Nice little pause here. Here's Zuma. There we go. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, that clocks in about 11 seconds silence 
Dave. The previous PB for this season was seven seconds. That was the that was the last Ben Johnson uh, reference. So uh, we're on we're on we're on something of a upward trajectory here. So yeah, dead air is becoming quite a thing. How long how long are we going to go on for next? I mean, how how many more uh, you know tenuous gags are there about the disgraced Canadian sprinter Ben Johnson? I don't know. I, I don't think there's any, there's no other angle on it, on it, is there, James? There's no other, I don't know where they no, can I go. No, I feel like, it. I mean, I, I know this is the second time they've done it, but it feels like they covered the two things in that one moment, really. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, why do they Why do they feel compelled to, to, to mention him? It's, it's like... It's, it's have not, they been given like the green light? Have they been told, oh yeah, okay, it's fine to mention this. It's, it's pretty much out there now. Oh no, you can yeah, yeah. And now they're just thinking, oh well, we may as well get stuck into him now. It's it's a similar impulse, clearly, to the full name syndrome. I mean, Ben Johnson, West Ham's Ben Johnson is going to be Ben Johnson for a long time yet, just because of the way he sort of burst onto the scene. So I, th- I feel like it's the same thing that drives it in your brain. Maybe he'll have a mid-career rebrand, a la Andy to Andrew Cole to Benjamin Johnson. <laughs> That'd be good. Yes, as we established on a previous episode, yeah, much more literary reference. That would be fun. You'll see what the commentators make of that. But as I said, 11 second silence there after the quip, which, you know, could well be a world record for all I know. But is it? But is it? Because listener Richard Cordron noticed this, James, from Preston versus Liverpool in the Carabao last week. This was Sky's Daniel Mann and Andy Hinchcliffe, I think, setting a new world record for silence following a joke from a co-commentator. It's uh, the most troublesome factor, isn't it, for footballers' wind and for men of my age. <laughs> like, get a book, make a cup of tea, go and do some of the things you've been putting off because it's a very long wait, this one. I'm still going. Period of reflection. It goes out for a goal kick. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely chemistry, though, there, James. Lovely. I mean, they were both on the same page with that. That's fine. They, yeah. I imagine there was like an exchange, a long, kind of long, lingering exchange of glances there, right? I mean, that just feels like it was a sort of quite, maybe not an awkward moment. But, oh, but... Certainly not awkward, <laughs> no. But um, I mean, it was capped off, Dave, with the. With the thing everyone wants to hear, which is the the cackling of a co-commentator who stepped slightly away from the microphone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. He's just, he's just, just put down the lip mic yeah. slightly. Now that was very, very well done from from Daniel Mann there, because it would have been easy to indulge the joke and maybe do a sort of sort of slightly contrived laugh, but he didn't. He gave it. He he, he dealt with it exactly the way it should have been. And it would have been it would have been rude to ignore the joke as well. So he he kind of just let it. He gave yeah. it a nice sign off after twenty two seconds of silence. That is that is pretty ballsy. That is to, to hold your nerve for twenty two seconds and then come back in, sort of really undercutting the pretty poor quip. Mm. From is that Hitchcliffe. not kind of is that not kind of a cardinal sin of broadcasting that that much silence? Yeah. Surely, I mean, I know it's not radio, so it's not quite the same. But surely that's not great. Twenty yeah, seconds it, it, is a that, long time in football. If that was radio, there'd be um, yeah, with that there's, emergency there's, thing there's a thing. Yeah, the emergency thing would have, the emergency oh, tape would have kicked in because they would have assumed everyone would have gone off air. Yeah, but I think um, that thankfully the Preston North End fans just humming along in the background makes it all okay. I mean, um, let's not forget, of course, uh, the original quip itself from Hinchcliffe James was um, based on one of the crown jewels of co-commentator quips, which is "I'm getting on a bit," or "One of us <laughs> is getting on a bit." Um, so he was he was right on brand and right on on genre there. I feel. 
They actually have, I have no idea how old Daniel Mann is. Because I, I think quite often with the commentator, co-commentator dynamic, the commentator's actually older. But I, I mean, Daniel Mann could easily be like 32 for all I know. I feel, I, I, all commentators are basically the same age as refs, I reckon. That's basically it. Well, we know that's not true, right? I mean, it isn't true. It is. Well, Martin Tyler is not. There's no Premier League referee. The yeah, same but there are Sunday League refs who are like 75, but, so that's fine. That, yeah, okay. <laughs> but yes, you have picked a hole in that theory there uh, quite substantially, yes. Doesn't have a Wikipedia page, Daniel Mann. Perhaps somebody could, uh, could sort that out for him. Um, but according to Google, he was born in 1981. Oh, wow. Oh, God. 40. So definitely younger than Hinchcliffe. Presumably called Dan the Man in commentary circles. I'm sure Peter Drury will let us know. <laughs> he can't be called Dan the Man Man. Well, no, I mean, obviously not. No. So Dan the Man. I thought you were Man. giving him like a sort of darts middle name nickname. <laughs> no, no, that would be rubbish, obviously. Um, but I'm sure we'll find out soon. But that is what but it would be as well. If he was a darts player, it would be that, wouldn't it? And it wouldn't work, but they'd just go with it anyway. Then that makes it better. It's like the joke. Mm. Mm. Less um, appetising scenes from the commentary world, though. Perhaps this was just championship level. I don't know. But um, Paul has alerted me to QPR versus Nottingham Forest on last Friday night. Forest pushing for a late winner in injury time. And in came a delicious cross, a tantalising cross, you might say. But co-commentator Lee Hendry had other ideas. Wild Taylor waiting. Joe Worrell waiting on the edge of the box. Taylor will try and get two in and it's headed behind for a forest corner. Taylor wants some ball in. It's got all sorts on it. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. <laughs> just sprinkles. He didn't mean licorice all sorts, did he? Because that would mean that would at least suggest there was more on it than just sprinkles. We are duty bound on this podcast say, to say, Dave, are we for this? No. No. No, I don't think we are. I think um you know, it's it's a sort of uh, in the, it's in the same envelope as the um, as the Quality Street from mm. oh yes, from, good uh, point. from Alan, Alan Hutton a few yeah. a few and weeks ago. You can have ago. a peach shiver cross. Yeah, sort of confectionery slash sweet Desserts. treat. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. based analogies. Mm. Uh, I do think you're right to pick up on the all. Yeah, is his brain just gone all sorts? Sprinkle. Oh, it's like just, yeah. sprinkles just sat there on its own. Just sprinkles. But sprinkles sort of, you know, that kind of does work. Like putting some sprinkles on an ice cream just adds that extra little bit of bit of quality to it, a bit of, you know, a bit of fun to it. You all sort, licorice all sorts, you don't put all sorts on an ice cream. Unless you're at the Pizza Hut ice cream factory, perhaps in the in the nineteen nineties. I absolutely guarantee Lee Hendry in the nineteen nineties would have been at a Pizza Hut ice cream factory. Yeah, I can imagine that. I can imagine that picture being unearthed. Moving on, um the the well documented X, Y, and Z headline format has reached the world of music. Um, this is uh, from the New Statesman's review of Ed Sheeran's new album. Uh, cliched lyrics, one-note melodies, and unbearable corniness. What more could you want from an Ed Sheeran album? Uh, <laughs> James, further proof that this just works anywhere. It's fine. It does its job so well. I believe this one had a full stop rather than a colon in the middle, which is the one thing they got wrong. But other Very than wrong. that, it, it is close. I mean, I think they could do something a bit more left field, couldn't they, at the end? Like, I don't know, like, kind of, he must have some mad kind of prep regimes to keep his vocal cords in check, right? He must be like gargling honey or something. I don't know. Is that a thing? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there must be something. Yeah, Those yeah. three things are all the same, basically, Dave. Yeah, it needs a little bit more of a variation, but a good effort. Yeah, I, I half expected for you to, to finish it off with the, the byline from Jack Pitbrook or, or Michael Cox, <laughs> just, just moonlighting a bit, doing a bit of freelance work for the new statesman. Well, don't you worry. Both could do it. I think both could do a good piece on Ed Sheeran. <laughs> I reckon so. 
Um, but don't worry, Jack Pitbrook and Popular Music will intersect very, very shortly on this podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oh, look at that! That is wonderful! Brought to your ears by The Athletic. This is Football Clichés. Let's get on to the burning issue of this week. James, the axing of Nuno Espirito Santo. I mean, there were there were so many harbingers of doom during El Sakico. But I we, we talk, obviously we talked about this in advance of the game, but I, I think this must be the first time that a manager has been sacked after a game that was preceded by a doom laden montage for the other manager. You know, the one where they sort of reduce the hue, reduce the colouring on it and they say, oh, this is a horror show from last week and it was actually the other manager that got got the hook. I mean, that's probably the indication of how bad it was to Spurs, though, right? The fact that they lost 3-0. I mean, they had to sack him after that, mm. surely. Yeah. That's absolutely. the crucial context. But I was I was interested, Dave, by the kind of the scenes at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. As, as so many reporters reported on, you know, the, um, the toxic scenes uh, in the stadium. Um, it, it reached a great peak when the crowd were booing uh, Lucas Moura's substitution on the hour mark. Um, <laughs> well, I don't understand who are asking Dave about this when you know full well I was at the game and probably booing. I, Were you booing? We're skirting around that. Did you boo? No, Come on. No com- I, did, no I was going to ask no you comment. what your instinctive reaction was. I mean, yeah, you, I mean... I thought it was a very strange substitution. Okay, fine. I mean, Like, if you want my sincere take on this, you can listen to The View from the Lane later because I'm going to have this exact same conversation in about an hour. <laughs> yeah, this is the great thing about you doing both podcasts in one day. You can say ironically here and then unironically later on a normal football podcast. Exactly, exactly. Fantastic. I do like, I mean, I, I picked one guy up on, on Match of the Day, Dave, um, who was in the background behind Nuno. It was, a, it was a great shot, you know, that summed up the whole scenario. And he had his arms outstretched. He wasn't shouting anything. Had his arms outstretched. And then sort of shook his head really, really disappointed. <laughs> so, can't see you. Can't see you. At least shout something. But maybe, maybe, maybe imperceptibly Nuno just felt his presence. I feel like if you're the manager of a team that aren't doing very well and you're in a football stadium full of 60,000 people, you, you must kind of have a sense that someone's looking at yeah. you. Yeah, I think he got the message. I mean, I knew things were bad, James, because uh, I, I think this might be a Premier League record for the consecutive number of tweets on my timeline from journalists relaying what the Spurs fans were chanting. I think it was eight unbroken tweets relaying the fact that the Spurs fans were chanting, you don't know what you're doing. Uh, were you among that number? Could you separate chant. yourself from, quite... from irony and, and, and shout that at the top of your lungs? I can't. I'm sure there have been times in uh, moments in my time as a football fan where I have sung that, but it's such a weird chant when you when you break that down. It is, isn't it? Like, it's but, not, and it's not like that substitution. I mean, I, I thought it was the wrong substitution to make in that moment, but it's not like 
You know, it's not like he's taking the goalkeeper off and put uh, Sergio Reggion in goal or something, is it? I mean, it's not like a ludicrous decision. It just felt like such a weird moment for the whole thing to just completely flip. Like Spurs had played quite well for the first 55 minutes, or at least not terribly. Uh, and then suddenly that's Lucas Moura going off. It's but that a, to be the moment that people flipped is so weird. It's exactly that sort of substitution, Dave, that gets that chant going. Like taking off a, a player who everyone thinks is, is still going to be able to produce something out of nothing. That That's the real kind of clincher for the you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, we've had plenty of opportunities to, to, to criticise a manager over the years at Watford. But I, I don't recall us ever seeing you don't know what you're doing. For me, I just associate that with, with more referees a little bit. Like if a referee's really lost control of the game and it's like, you know, just firing out yellow cards left, right and centre or missing obvious decisions. I think that, that I've, I've sung, I have think I have sung you don't know what you're doing to to a beleaguered referee at times. It's very, you're not fit to referee. Yeah, yeah, that's, again, it's just so pompous, that. And it's, you're not fit to wear the shirt, Is I think I, is the worst. I think it's a bit harder to get going. Yeah. In the, in the, yeah, in you, the, need, you need a bit of a run-up at that, don't you? Yeah. On your own, you can't, like, just start, like, yeah. you're not fit, you're not yeah. fit. Yeah, exactly. No one joins in. Yeah, yeah, misinterpreted halfway through, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean... Very few managers can survive a you-don't-know-what-you're-doing-ing, oh. James. Surely. I mean, that that's the most damning one of all, I think. Yeah. I, 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 I remember, I think AVB got that quite early at Spurs uh, and did kind of last for maybe another year after mm. that. Oh, OK. I, I feel like it must happen It must happen quite a bit, surely, when ma- like early in manager, like unpopular appointments. It kind of feels like the kind of thing you do get quite Undermined a lot. managers already from the start. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe managers are easier targets for this than others but Dave there was there was a general air of of desperation at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Saturday evening because um, as many people spotted someone brought a map of the world to the game as a kind of um, as as a vehicle for a banner of some sorts I'm guessing can I have your shirt player x um, rather than any sort of any sort of protest but it gave me a real insight into the provenance of homo football banners because you know, we, we take it for granted that people just have these things lying around to, to write on. But a map of the world, it felt like a real last minute job. I mean, I, mm. someone somewhere going, I need something, I need something now. And it, I reckon it was probably a real sort of tough decision to tear it and, off the wall. Yeah, and then maybe like some poor kid's going to come home from... Yeah. Do you think it was a kid? Daddy, where's my map of the world gone? Well, I, I, my what, first thought what, it was... What it map might of the world? Been, yeah. <laughs> James, my first thought is it could have been a kid's off a kid's bedroom wall that they kind of stole it. Or now I think about it, there's a decent percentage of London flat shares that do have a map of the world on the wall for absolutely no reason whatsoever. Maybe because at least one Kiwi is living there. So hang on, so I didn't actually see this. So was it written? Was it on the front of them? Was it on the on, map or on the back? No, of the no, back? no. To be absolutely clear, it was a rolled okay. up map of the world which they which they had let unravel. Well, they unfurled it. Surely that's the terminology. No, unfurling is a deliberate act. Unraveling oh, okay. is something, so, okay. you, yeah, yeah, you don't want to happen. Um, completely different subject. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, but yes, the the implication more much was they had a message written on the other side. Yes, unless of course they brought a map to the. I don't know. You don't know what you're doing and showing someone a map of the world. I don't know. Uh, but things got more surreal, of course, James, because um, I don't think I've seen a more surreal manager about to be sacked situation than base hunter 
replying on Twitter to Jack Pitt Brooke with the words, just put him out of his misery, poor guy. Where did he come from? Did you know he was a Spurs fan? I, I had no idea until I'd seen that tweet. And to be honest, I'd completely forgotten that he existed. That, that's base hunter, not Jack. No, that, that, that did seem like quite a left field one to me, yes. Mm, mm, definitely. I mean, I enjoyed it. But like you, I was surprised. I mean, it had like 75,000 Twitter followers. And I was expecting like a big... So you expect like a big number for someone like that, don't you? Like yeah, millions. That's maybe. probably even less than you. Yeah. Yes. Was he was he a bit pre Twitter then, Base Hunter? Do we think? I'm struggling to place him. Really. When was his When was his peak? Top Top of the hit parade in 2007. So that I would suspect that's his peak. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's, maybe he's big on Insta. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, but he certainly came out of left field. But it did got a lot of people thinking about unexpected celebrity fans sticking their oar into the hot football topics and that inevitably led us to that famous mirror front page where they asked about a dozen very very random famous people what they thought of Manchester United pulling out of the FA Cup to go and play at the Club World Cup in Brazil. Ian Botham, sports legend, Prime Minister Tony Blair, supermodel Caprice, lottery winner Mark Gardner, (laughs) (laughs) TV star Nick Hancock, and the It Girl, Tamara Beckwith, um, to name but a few. And inevitably, I feel like, James, we should we should speculate about who would appear on that front page in 2021. Yeah. So, first of all, what are they discussing? I feel like something like the Super League or something Yeah, like it's, got to, it's got to be some kind of Super League thing, isn't yeah. it? That feels like the closest we've come to an issue where people are kind of hand-wringing to that extent, and probably even more, in fact. If you look at the original names, and you forget about who they were, but just the categories... So you yeah. had sports legend, prime minister, supermodel, film critic, the heroine, Olympic swimmer, it girl, Falklands hero, singing star, TV star, film star, lottery winner, hero's widow, football pundit. I think some of those would stick. Some of those you'd have to change. The Falklands are a very long time ago now. Um, I don't Same think guy. If you want to go for Falklands hero, yeah, you still go to Simon Weston. But I don't feel like we have like a... Afghanistan, Iraq, sort of hero in the same way. So I think that would be updated to like, uh, I've gone for like survival expert or SAS, like Ant Middleton or someone yeah, like that. that. Oh, yeah, that SAS weirdo. Okay, Ant yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, I feel like it girls don't really exist anymore. No, that's just think an, it's an influencer, surely. Someone off or, Instagram. Yeah, Love oh, Island star, I think. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm. so Molly May. I thought maybe Mark Wright from Towie, but maybe that's a little bit dated now. So He's almost two football, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to blur the boundaries between celebrity categories. Tom Daly as yeah, the kind of Tom Olympian. Daly. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. Not, not a swimmer, but you can presumably swim. <laughs> yes. You'd hope so. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe Paula Radcliffe. Sharon Davies at the time was pretty much, she was, she was the only Olympic swimmer that we had knocking about, really, in recent memory. It was before the Olympic medal boom. Mm. Uh, of the 2000s and 2010s. So I think somebody who's sort of passed it a bit and is kind of the only person in their field. We don't really have any other long distance runners, do we? But we've got loads of we've got loads of swimmers now. We've got Mo loads Farrell of loves a bit of football. They would they would pick him. Yeah, actually he's probably quite a good one. Yeah. Um, what football pundit would they pick? They had Brookie. Merce, it's Merce. Feels Merce. very Merce, doesn't it? Yeah. Very Merce. Like, can, Merce, can you just give us five minutes on the phone to talk about X? Mm. And he'd mm. definitely be game. Yeah, fair enough. James Corden, they definitely have James Corden. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of funny men. He'd sick his beacon. The the film star that they chose for this was Vinnie Jones. I mean, I suppose Uh, he was probably probably fresh off lock stock at that point. His his quote was, the FA Cup should never be degraded for anything. Even a long ball team who win it in 1980, whatever year it was. Exactly, yeah. Who would be the Ian Botham? That's what, that gave me quite a... 
headache trying to think. I of thought it, it's it's either someone from the 2003 Rugby World Cup or the 2005 Ashes, isn't it? If it it feels like it needs to be someone from like 10, 15 years ago, like a Matt Dawson sort of character. You can imagine him being asked. Flint's off. Yeah. What's the biggest English slash British sporting triumph that hasn't been football related in recent? What's the, is it still cricket? Is it, yeah. Yeah. Cricket is it Cup. Stokes? But like both of yeah. them in '99 was Stokes long, it. obviously long, long retired. If you want to, mm. if you want the comparison, I don't feel like current. I don't. You know, Ben Stokes isn't going to take the call and go. Yeah, I'll put my name to that. Yeah. So I think you need someone who's passed, you know, who's retired and is on the, you know, happy to talk or whatever. Lennox really. Lewis. Yeah, he was. He, he took the maybe. mantle from both of them a little bit as the kind of go-to British sporting royalty. Maybe. Not sure. Not as outspoken as Beefy, though, is he? Old Lennox. No. True. Hard yeah. to beat. Hard to beat. So surely this seals uh, Nuno Espirito Santo's what for destiny, doesn't it, Dave? Mm, I see. I, I, yeah, I see why you say that, but I don't. I just. I'm not sure he's quite. He's quite... It's not quite obscure enough. Well, I mean, but Claudio Ranieri obviously uh, slightly disproves that that previously held theory. But um, you never say never, but I can, I just can't... I can't see Nuno rocking up at, at, at Vicarage Road. Nuno's unveiling at Watford. First question is, is, Nuno, is there an element of unfinished business here by you in the Premier League? That's what he'd be asked first. So, yeah, it's, it's vividly imaginable. You're not buying it, though. I mean, if, if the Watford fans not buying it, then fine. You'll see. You'll see. I'll have plenty of opportunities. But this leads us inevitably, James, onto who I suspect will be Tottenham's new manager, Antonio Conte's intray. We've got to talk about his intray. Yeah. That is, that is, we are required by law to name the things that are in Antonio Conte's intray. What's the first one? I mean, do you not get Harry Kane firing, isn't he? Surely that's the first uh, yeah, one. I mean, got that's to, the obvious one. I mean, you're talking firing. about the, the, the criticisms that everyone outside the club has, and that is definitely the one, isn't it? Kane isn't scoring goals. That's the, that's the difference between now and when they were good. The only difference. Dave, there is no managerial intray in history that has not contained get the need to get somebody firing. Definitely. Uh, I think Deli Alley probably... Probably is somewhere in there. Can unlock, he put, unlock, Deli Ali. Arm he around needs the to shoulder. A smile on his face. Yeah, he needs a smile on his face. Oh yeah. yeah. He's not that. He's not that type of bloke, is he? Conte. Conte's no. not putting an arm around the shoulder. He's going to. There's only two options. There's only two options. Arm around the shoulder or the other one. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Absolutely. <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing how we've all decided that we've decided football management. It's incredible. Um, other things, fix the defence. Always as simple as that, James. Just fix the defence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah defence, midfield and uh, attack, those are the, generally the top three things, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Start from the back, build the foundation. Mm. But uh, So that's the football stuff taken care of. Score more goals, concede fewer. Got it. Um, what about sort of sentiment-wise, Dave? Get the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium rocking again. Yeah, bring but the feel-good factor back. He, need, to he needs to end put the team. Something. Put the team on the front foot. That's always the way with these, isn't it? It's always a club who have a quote, you know, like a philosophy that mm. uh, that the previous manager hasn't bought into, and he needs to re- like reinstill that and get the team playing in the right way. Well, but that, that's the thing, right? Okay, so there's been James has been, a, as you can attest, there's been a lot of talk about the. Um, Spurs DNA and the way of playing and all that, mm, as mm. as referenced by Daniel Levy in that message in the summer. Then they appoint Nuno, who obviously doesn't play that way. But 
we all know Conte's not necessarily going to come in and play the Spurs DNA way. So at what point will it be like, yeah, well, but, you know, if you're winning games... Well, yeah, that's that's a great that's a great fallacy of always doing yeah. stuff, isn't it? Yeah. You win it? No one cared about Mourinho when Spurs are top of the league last November. It's only once you start losing games that people suddenly remember they have a problem with it. Do you think um, Do you think Nuno's in tray is basically the same in tray? Is he just going to be able to hand over his existing in tray to Antonio Conte and say, "Well, you deal with it"? Because it's basically the same stuff, isn't it? Definitely get Harry Kane firing. What was Nuno's in tray? How, how much of it did he actually complete, James? Uh, yeah, no, probably it would have been all of those things, and I, yeah, none. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, some team news from Newcastle. Actually, before we do the team news from Newcastle, I've got some team news from Sky Sports and Soccer Saturday to tell you about. Um, I'll have been at Sky for 30 years next year. I, I know it's hard to believe, isn't it, with these youthful looks. Um, and hosted Soccer Saturday for the past 25 or so. I'm not too clever at statistics. But I've come to the decision, um, an incredibly difficult decision, that this will be my final season. Uh, it's been my decision... There's been no pressure whatsoever. Sky have been absolutely brilliant with me, as they always have done. I'm not intending to retire. That's up to people out there, really. Uh, But it's time to let somebody else have a go at what is the best job in the world. After all, I wouldn't want to get to the stage where I'm calling Wraith Rovers, Wraith Ravers. Wouldn't want that to happen at all. So I'm going to be here until May and then leaving the show and the company. Uh, That's about seven months of... Saturday afternoon party. So let's get this party going. I'll give you the Newcastle Chelsea team news. Newcastle unchanged. Go away. Well, thank you very much. We haven't got time. Sit down. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of exit doors, Soccer Saturday's Jeff Stelling is heading for the Soccer Saturday exit door after 25 years, Dave. There was a surprising amount of sincere opinion about this. Twitter was awash with genuine, serious opinion about the forward direction of Soccer Saturday. Um, I found it fascinating. People got genuinely irate about this um, for Mm. some very obvious reasons and some less so. Well, I think that there are probably a fair amount of people out there who are kind of very much ready and, you know, hoping to turn it into some sort of culture war style, decrying the loss of their Soccer Saturday because of the kind of the way that Letitia, Tomo, and some of those guys have, have left in the past, which was with a which, which was with a bit of bit of unrest. Whereas the fact that Jeff came out and very 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 pointedly said, "This is my decision. I'm still on good terms with Sky." Did it on air and kind of shunned the applause and said, "Right back to business as usual." Kind of took away that opportunity somewhat for people to go as mad as they, I think, they want to. I mean, it's, it's mad, James, that we're even even skirting around the concept of the optics of the <laughs> of the host of a football show leaving his job. He is sixty six years old, but sixty seven by the end of the season, if we want right. to put it in pure football speak. Yeah. Um, so it's not like he's, you know, I, I don't think there could really be any suggestion that this is before time. You've been doing it for twenty five years or whatever yeah. it is, and I'm not saying he couldn't do it for any longer. That job must be incredibly hard and it's incredibly insanely stressful. hard. It's mad how much he knows about football. How much research must that guy do during the week to know like 
the, the names of all the centre forwards of every single team. You know, to be able to just kind of reel all that stuff off, and um, you know, I'm sure he gets a lot of help both during the week and on the day. But it's mad the amount of work he must be into that. It's crazy. Let alone that, <laughs> Dave. The show itself is six hours long. Six hours. Yes. It must be nappy. How bored of football must you reckon he must be by now? Just fed up with it. Don't care yeah. anymore. No, I'm, but that, that's t- testament to the job that he's done. He does still, pretty much still delivers it with the same enthusiasm um, as he did 25 years ago. Whenever. It'll be, actually, it'd be really interesting to go back and watch like the, the first, one of the yeah. ones from the first season and see how different it, it is, I how he different was, he sounded. I guarantee he played it much straighter back then. He was yeah, much definitely. business-like. But that, that's yeah, why yeah, he, yeah. Kind of, he grew to own it and that's absolutely fine. But James, as I said, a lot of people took this incredibly seriously and treated it like the manager of their club was leaving and, and what happens next and how to reflect on it. Um, let me offer a couple of observations, <laughs> some nameless observations, I should say. First one. I, I just, it, just got an image fast forwarding to next season. Somebody gets the, somebody gets the, gets the gig and Merce is going, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably eerily close to the truth. Anyway, uh, this was the first observation. I'm thinking it will be Julian taking over from Jeff Soccer Saturday and Adam Smith going on to Soccer Special. Kind of this, establishing this line of succession. <laughs> like the boot room at Soccer Saturday. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm convinced. I'm 99% sure this was straight-faced, sincere observation suggestion. Dave, I, I really enjoyed this one. They say, in hindsight, Jeff should have had a number two on screen with him, then do a natural handover. <laughs> what the what? fuck? <laughs> what? Doesn't matter. It's just a TV show about football. It's going to be yeah. okay. The baton does not need to be passed, <laughs> that literally. How would that How would that have worked on air? Just I mean, sitting actually, there, ha- saying nothing. second person yeah. just sat there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You may notice that I've got um, someone sitting next to me today. Uh, just ignore shadowing. them. They're just shadowing. With a laminated folder of, uh, of ways to talk about goals being going in. I don't know. Um, uh, but, I mean, that, that begs the inevitable next question, James. Is what is in the new presenter's in-tray for Soccer Saturday? Oh, it's going to have to be kind of finding the new sort of puns on lower league strikers' names because we had... Uh, was Adam Stansfield was it, was it Lisa's boy who always mm. used to just kind of suggest he was related mm. to Lisa mm. Stansfield and obviously the great the James uh, Brown thing yeah James Brown Kenny Kenny Duker was the good doctor but I think he actually he actually was a doctor wasn't he yeah as well correct as, yeah yeah Hence the and there's the Hartlepool stuff so they're going to need to get their own team involved mm. but yeah and the team has to be at exactly the right level because oh, yeah. the, team, the team has to be big enough for their goals they're big enough for their goals to come up on the video printer, but not so big that like celebrating the goals is going to piss other people off. Bang on. Because no one cares about like him celebrating her, her, um, Hartlepool goals, do they? Yeah, absolutely right. No one's offended by that. Imagine if it's a Man United they're fan. Exactly in the right sweet spot. You can't, you can't be a Man United fan. Part of the requirements, yeah, part of the search for the, the Sky Supremos should be that we have to have someone who doesn't support a Premier League club or even a Championship club. I mean, I mean at this point, I, I, sh- I want to... State, I think there's a suspiciously high number of lower league clubs represented amongst broadcasting professionals. That's all I'm saying. Isn't it, isn't it just convenient that they all seem to support, you know, inoffensive League Two clubs? That's... They, in reality, we all know they support your club's arch rivals. <laughs> yeah, quite right. But as Dave suggested um, a moment ago, the discussion around Soccer Saturday inevitably had a kind of culture war strand to it. Um, this was my favourite one. Let me compose myself. Someone tweeted, Soccer AM, Question of Sport, League of Your Own, Soccer Saturday, all been absolutely ruined. What the fuck? Hidden expletive face. <laughs> Someone replied saying, 
Live at the Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> What's happened to Live at the Apollo? What? Question one, what has happened to Live at the Apollo? As far as I've understand, it's exactly the fucking same. And two, why could that possibly matter? <laughs> Live at the Apollo. What's the matter? With Live at the Apollo, run out of ways to phrase that question. Basically, um, yeah. but and we all stunning. we all know we all know what they're getting at. Yeah, we shouldn't yeah. dignify it by <laughs> yeah. know, with a with appropriate funny. response. But ridiculous. just a very unexpected addition to that list. Uh, there hasn't been too much apart from the um, aforementioned Julian Warren uh, mm. sincere shout. Not been too much speculation as to who will get the gig, and it is going. It is, it is a pretty big gig. Let's you know, it's a big, big, big shoes to fill. If Sky did want to keep it in-house, how about friend of football cliches, David Prutton? I think I think he displayed the qualities on the episode he did with us a few weeks ago that he could very much slip nicely into that into that chair. He's got the he's got the humour. Mm-hmm. He's also obviously knows his football. He's yeah. an experienced Sky Sports man. Mm-hmm. And also the fact the fact that he's played for a few different clubs kind of negates that who do you support thing. Yeah, he's not of, really tied to a particular kind of club, spread. is he? I wouldn't yeah, say exactly. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think of him as I mean Forrest at a stretch. That's only because that's where he started. So he has a regional accent. That's fine. Um, keeps you know keeps the interest levels up. I I can't look past Prutz. I have to say because Dave. I mean some names were just being thrown around willy nilly for this job, and I just thought they haven't got it. They haven't got what it takes. There's a lot of prep involved. You can have someone shouting in your ear for six it's, hours. It's actually quite. A- in terms of the technical aspects of the job, it's quite an unglamorous. It's it's not an easy gig. You have to, as you as we've discussed, put the prep in. Exactly, you've got you've got all sorts of stuff going on in your ears, and you've got to deal with the the you know the the studio pundits and that whole banter and all that side of things. You've got to have personality. You've got to know your football. And you've got to be good. I mean, James, the option they could take, of course, is get an inexperienced guy in like Prats. But have have a steady number two alongside him. Get to Julian Warren sat next to him, holding <laughs> holding all the stats. <laughs> it would be a shame if Julian Warren didn't get the big gig though. The midweek, or, or they could get like someone someone in cheap, just in case you know, to kind of tide them over until a, a bigger name is available next summer. And mm. um, finally, on this point, perhaps one for another show, Dave. But we're kind of glossing over the fact that there are so many of these shows now. Like the BBC, BBC Sport, and Sky have all got one. I feel like it's too. It's like it. It serves an incredibly important function. Like a lot of people don't know the scores and they want to follow it and all that sort of stuff. But it's a bit like it's like SEO television. It feels like they have to have it. It's an easy win. Like the it content must creates be itself. Must be relatively cheap, right? To like fill yeah. six hours of the schedule. Mm, well, I mean, you maybe say, you no, you say that. every game. You've got ISDM a lot of moving parts. You got you've you've got you know you, it, it, by in terms of the number of people on air, it's the biggest show of the week for all of those productions you've got all those reporters who probably actually don't get paid tremendously well compared to their studio counterparts but still yeah it's, i still it's, it racks up and it's a very complicated production long may it continue because uh, you know if these shows didn't exist how would we know who'd made the brighter start in various <laughs> games up and down the country we'll never know we'll never know anyway it remains to be seen who will succeed Stelling on Soccer Saturday. Um, thanks to you, Dave, for joining us. Thank you. Solid adjudication panelling by you, James Moore. Well done. Thank you. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday. See you, everyone. The Athletic.